Hi guys, Sherry here. For the next few weeks, I wanted to share something a little different here on the Creative Push. I recently went on a wonderful trip through southern Spain and Portugal, and I've been working on how I could share that experience with my audience. I will feature six episodes here on my podcast. You can also see photos on the blog and video on my YouTube channel. Those links are in the show notes. Don't worry, I will still be putting out some normal content, but I wanted you to be the first to learn about my incredible travel experience that has sparked new creative endeavors you will learn about in the future. Series is about the beautiful places, culture, history, and the food that I was able to experience recently throughout southern Spain and Portugal. I hope you'll follow along and enjoy learning a little about these incredible places. On day nine of our trip, we had a long 200-mile bus ride up the coast to the final destination of our trip in the bustling city of Lisbon. As with all of our travels, Jose broke the drive up with some fun adventures along the way. Our first stop was a beautiful vineyard for wine tasting, Santa Victoria. Established in 2002, the vineyard produces about 1 million bottles per year, 70% red and 30% white. On their vineyard, they grow 16 varieties of grapes, olives, and fruit trees. They water their orchards from the man-made Alcuerva Lake at the base of the Alcuerva Dam that impounds the river Cordiana. It is the largest in Western Europe and helps to supply water to the surrounding towns, businesses, and farms. Our next stop was a restaurant in the middle of nowhere called O Silerio Restaurante Tipico, where we were greeted by a wonderful waitstaff. They started our table of 23 off with plates of local cheese, olives, salad, fresh bread, and pumpkin jam. Carafes of red wine were freely available as we waited for our scrumptious meal of braised lamb and potatoes to arrive. The tender lamb seasoned with garlic and figs easily fell off the bone and melted in your mouth. The dessert spread included a choice of chocolate mousse or cheesecake, completing our unbelievable lunch spread of food and wine. After lunch, we waddled back to the bus in need of a nap. Our final stop was the more than 2,000-year-old historical town of Evora, just an hour from Lisbon. Its fascinating history dates back to the Celtic times when Romans occupied the city in the second century BC. Many of the ruins remain, including the Temple of Diana. It's a charming town of cobblestone streets, whitewashed homes, and colorful tiles. We first visited the Chapel of Bones in the 15th century church, Seo Francisco Church. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. As the story goes, in the 16th century, there were 42 cemeteries that took up too much space. In order to relocate the remains in a respectful manner, the monks removed the bones and used them to decorate the chapel. Their goal was to convey the message of how fragile life is. A message above the chapel door reads, we, Bones, are here waiting for yours. There are about 5,000 corpses that showcase skulls and bones embedded into the structure. In the moment, all I could do is stand there and just look. It was absolutely intriguing. We walked around the town before getting onto the bus for Lisbon.
There was a celebration happening in Lisbon and the center of the festivities were all around the hotel that we were staying at. The bus driver skillfully drove around the police barricades and cars parked along the streets to get us in front of the hotel door. We checked into the five-star Hotel Turum, a beautiful hotel in the heart of downtown Lisbon. Lisbon is one of Europe's oldest cities dating back to 2005 BC, when it was first invaded by the Romans. It is the capital of Portugal despite there not being any official documentation on record. In 1255, it was declared so by King Alfonso III. In November of 1755, a series of earthquakes hit the city causing fires and a 20-foot tsunami that killed more than 30,000 people. You can see the early Roman influence all throughout the city and some of the oldest buildings and structures, like the aqueduct from 1748 that supplied drinking water to the city up until the 1960s. It was late by the time we cleaned up, but we walked around the bustling streets with the sounds of laughter and partying to find a spot to eat. Jose joined our small group as we shared salad, pizza, and white sangria. Before heading back to the hotel, despite my being stuffed to the gill, Jose talked me into joining him for some ice cream. The line was out the door, but it was well worth the wait. As I settled into my comfortable bed, I could hear the sounds of people partying in the streets late into the wee hours of the night. I felt a little sad that our travels were almost over, and I wished I had more time. On the 10th day of our travels, we got on the bus after breakfast and visited the Bellum Tower, a four-story fortress built in the early 1500s on the Tagus River. Its initial purpose was to help protect its people against possible invasions. The nearby Geronimus Monastery is a beautiful Gothic-style monastery built by architect Diago de Boitica and is the resting place of Portuguese explorer Vasco da Gama. He was the first European to reach India by sea. Our tour guide shared all of the colorful history of the historical sites in this area and then we walked over to a well-known bakery, Pastias de Bellum, to check out their baked bread and pastries. After our tour, my friend Teresa and I roamed the beautiful city streets of Lisbon, taking in the sights and history of this capital city. The pastel-colored buildings that cover the hillside in the distance offered a glimpse of how many people actually live in the area. We walked through the plaza near the Targus River and then high up on the hillside to eat lunch and drink some sangria at a cafe that sits at the base of the Seo George Castle. On our way back to the hotel, I was drawn to a store called the Fantastic World of Portuguese Sardines. They specialize in nothing but cans of sardines. Founded in Mortosa Aveiro in 1942, it's one of the largest Portuguese canning facilities, offering 30 varieties in stores all over Portugal. The colorful artwork was what drew me into the store. It felt like a Willy Wonka factory of sardines. We spent 20 minutes just looking through the thousands of different sardine cans on the store shelves. After a long day of exploring, a small group of us finished our day by having dinner, laughing, and enjoying each other's company. The Spanish and Portuguese people have a lot of energy. They get up early, take time to relax throughout the day, and stay up very late. The Portuguese people, however, seem to turn in a bit earlier than the Spaniards did. 
With only one more day left, I was kind of sad that my trip was drawing to an end. That night, while I laid in bed, I wondered what our last day would be like. I fell asleep thinking about all the wonderful places we'd been so far. I really love Spain and Portugal. After breakfast on our final day in Portugal, Jose took us by bus into a wonderful resort town about five miles outside of the city of Lisbon called Sintra. The narrow spiral two-lane road winded through the foothills up the hillside among the beautiful pastel-colored villas. The road was packed with cars and buses, and at one point we sat for 15 to 20 minutes wondering if there had been an accident. With no way to turn around, I was worried this might be a disaster of a day, but eventually we made our way up to the top where the 9th century Pena National Palace was located. This colorful palace painted in bright red and yellow colors with unbelievable views was absolutely magical. As we started our tour, I felt as if I had stepped back in time once again. It was completed in 1854 as a dedication to Our Lady of Pena as a medieval chapel. King Manuel I later built a monastery and donated it to the Order of St. Jerome. In the 18th century, it was severely damaged by the Great Lisbon Earthquake, but the chapel managed to survive without being ruined. Portugal King Ferdinand II acquired the monastery and built the Grand Pena Palace as a summer residence, but after his death, his second wife, Alyssa Hensler, Countess of Elda, later sold it to King Louis. It was purchased by the Portuguese state in 1889 and later became a national monument and museum. This must-see palace had me daydreaming of the lives of kings and queens in a Bridgerton kind of way. After the tour, we rode back down the mountain where we enjoyed lunch in a small restaurant in Sintra. I had a ham and cheese toasted sandwich with potato chips and white sangria. This small little restaurant was tucked in the back corner off of one of the cobblestone streets surrounded by other restaurants and shops. On the way back to the hotel, we took a scenic route along the coastline of the Atlantic Ocean. I admired the beautiful beaches and homes along the winding shoreline. I went back to my hotel room to rest, shower, and begin packing for the journey home. Jose had a very special farewell dinner planned that evening. As our group met in the lobby and walked along the busy city street toward the restaurant, the Portuguese holiday was in full swing. Laughter and music could be heard all along the streets all around us. That night, we arrived at the restaurant Elevador, where Jose had arranged our tables to be set up outside on the lively festive streets in the center of the city. The wait team was friendly and accommodating and the food was delicious. As we ate, drank, and laughed together, it was a perfect setting to bring our time together to an end. Our view from our table highlighted a famous elevator called the Santa Justa Lift in the distance and was beautiful under the summer sky of glimmering city lights. This elaborate wrought iron Gothic lift takes you seven stories up from the lower level of the city up to the upper level of the city with stunning views of the nearby neighborhoods. 
It was completed in 1902 by Raoul Mesnier du Ponsard, a student of the Eiffel Tower architect Gustav Eiffel. It is one of four early 20th century elevators still in operation. As we walked back to the hotel, the city had become even more lively. We said goodbye to our new friends and headed upstairs for the evening. The next day, we rode the bus to the airport, and on the plane, I felt a little sad to be headed back to reality. I love how incredibly proud Spanish and Portuguese people are about their country and their culture. Their eagerness to share their knowledge and experience with visitors and how much pride they take in recommending their favorite places to eat, drink, and explore. They really love food and are passionate about using fresh local ingredients while taking pride in their culinary traditions. They take the time to enjoy life and appreciate the simple things, like spending time with family and friends. Their deep sense of community and joy of being outdoors, enjoying the beautiful weather is something I'll truly miss. They make time to walk to their local public squares and parks where they gather, relax, and socialize with others, something we Americans should learn to incorporate more into our lives more often. Overall, they seem to be happier and less stressed than we Americans do, and I know I'll be headed back soon to discover more about their culture. Our flight back to Nashville, Tennessee had a long layover in Philly, but luckily there was no flight delays. Once I got home, I settled in and I knew I had a lot of work ahead of me with the thousands of still and video images I'd taken over the course of my travels. I will forever cherish the time I spent with my friends on this amazing trip. I will miss the food, the wine, and especially the sangria, which was different in every single place because it was always freshly made and it was like a stew of personal ingredients. If you have never been to Spain or Portugal, you're missing out on something wonderful, something magical. Check out Jose Aznar's future trips at Worlds of Spain or book a flight and go explore on your own. Thanks for following along. And if you liked any part of this series, leave me a thumbs up. Please subscribe and share with your friends. I'd love to hear more about your experiences in Spain or Portugal. I hope you enjoyed this Portuguese Spain adventure travel episode and that you'll come back and listen to more here on the Create a Push. Be sure to visit my blog and YouTube channels for more. Those links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening.